I'm Jess Clayman and I'm here with Dr. Bronwyn Dalton, Associate Professor at the UTS Business School and core member of the Centre for Business and Social Innovation to explore what the 2018 federal budget will mean for -for non-for-profit groups and community management programs. I guess the the big question is what the impacts of the budget will be for for non-for-profits, for for, uh, the overall community. What were your big takeaways from last night? The big takeaway for me with this budget is it is a budget that's good for old people and it's not good for young people. And it's likely to fuel growing inequality between generations in Australia. But in terms of the not-for-profit sector, in, in particular the service users, there's some major concerns. Once again, New Start remains at $38 a day. Uh, how do you live off that? <laughs> if anyone can tell me, I'd love to know. <laughs> they should start some sort of campaign to get actual members in Parliament to try and attempt you know, a $38 a day campaign. I think ACOS is trying to push for that. That would be would be wonderful, I mm. think. Live in the person's shoes who you're dictating <laughs> exactly what shoes they're wearing. So yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it is definitely, as you say, a budget for older Australians. It is a budget that is a lot more favourable for older Australians. Housing affordability has been uh, a huge focus, uh, especially yes, for the- non-for-profit. How has the – do you think the budget's done enough? to address this issue? In terms of housing, I just read today that by 2028, they predict that the medium house price for a house in Sydney will be $2 million. We, in the last few years, in in the city of Sydney, have had a staggering 70% increase in homelessness from the two rounds of data collections. Yet, in the budget, the annual funding for homeless services are worth around $115 million a year. It wasn't renewed. We don't know what's happening. Um, So there's a high degree of uncertainty in terms of housing affordability. Of course, negative gearing remains, which is a big driver of why money, so much money is is put into real estate in this town. And there's been... uh, it, the budget locks in um, about 600 million cuts to affordable rental and housing programs. So on the housing front, I don't see good news. And I just think it's going to be really hard for young people, if they don't have the bank of mum and dad, to ever own a home. Mm, I completely agree. It, it, it will be almost impossible unless yeah. you inherit one or you win the lottery. Yeah. They're the only two ways I yeah. can see young people affording homes. Yeah. And that's going to be sort of the bedrock of uh, kind of two classes, if you like, or, or, or just a, a big gap between rich and poor. Mm, it's which only is going not good to for society. At no, all. not at all, and it's only going to exacerbate those mm. gaps. It's only going to to build that uh, that division further and further. Now, uh, a large focus on the budget last night was on uh, mental health, with increased funding for institutions such as Lifeline. What was your take on this? Do you think that that's this is... very welcome? Actually, yeah, um, I I am so moved by what those people do, and I know it. Media practice always, whenever a mental health issue is discussed, they always say ring lifeline. And I always think somebody should pay, <laughs> especially if it's a really big story. The, f- the amount of calls that flow in after a big story um, occurs, uh, we had James Packer, for example, um, really there should be a payment made to cope with the volume. But they do brilliant, brilliant work. So that is very welcome. Mm. So there's some good bright spots. Do you think it's enough? Do you think that it's uh, enough funding that's been allocated, enough funding that's been injected? 
we don't have the wraparound services available to support mental health. And you'll find that going back to the homeless population, a huge majority of those are people suffering mental health issues. Mm-hmm. But we, yeah, we might have that crisis first point contact, but really it needs a much greater support to to help these people. Um, uh, otherwise, they just will end up homeless. Mm, absolutely, and then that puts uh, uh, more of a, a pressure as well on the the welfare system and on uh, different uh, systems that we have here in Australia. What was your take on uh, different welfare measures last night? Well, just to bear in mind about our welfare system, the biggest by far expense is the pension. It, New start, as I mentioned, it's, it's hardly anything, mm. um, and it's only a small group. Mm. Yet they're going to devote a lot of resources to having a, sort of a very punitive approach to m- maintaining your eligibility for this tiny amount of money. So if you've got any outstanding debts or outstanding warrants, they can take your money away. Mm. If you don't make enough interviews or um, other participation requirements, they can freeze your payments. But there's also, I want to engage with this experimenting with drug and alcohol testing. That will lead to data profiling. Um, it will disproportionately start to screen Indigenous people. It really is a punitive uh, view of, of um, welfare recipients and a kind of a frame about the undeserving poor. Mm. It, it, so in, I see a lot of the policing of these sort of measures as more expensive than it would just to put the new start allowance up in the first place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I guess uh, that's a sentiment that's being shared around Australia a lot at the moment as well. I think uh, I saw quite a bit last night on the hashtag keep my ten dollars uh, and put it towards something else a, a huge amount of responses were towards welfare towards new start towards uh, social services in this country that seem to be quite lacking yeah yeah it's quite it's they are most vulnerable and that frame that you deserve to be there and you've got to be controlled and punished and we've going to we're going to test you it really robs people of humanity i think it's playing to our basis instincts and it would be wonderful one day to have leadership that talked to our better natures. Mm, absolutely. Now, the the last, I guess, area that what I that I want to talk about with uh, non for profits is uh, the cuts that were made to aid uh, and foreign aid and, and the measures that were put in place last night. In that respect, could you explain to us a, a little bit about those? Australian aid now is at its historic low. It's now down to zero point two two percent of GDP. The OECD average is 0.32, and we don't give aid to Africa anymore. We don't have a program there anymore. We're 17th in the OECD in terms of our aid giving. Now, we are facing a disruption in the world order, particularly with the balance of power between in the Pacific region between China and the United States. There's some jockeying for positions at the moment. The Chinese are investing in places like Vanuatu, building big ports. We have left that space totally vacant for Chinese to draw those countries in because we are retreating so much from our regional responsibilities. It's a, it's the wrong time to, to pull out a towel. 